On today's episode, we're going to hear the beautiful sounds of New York, and we're also going to talk about how you can make a product timeless. Let's go! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Blind Entrepreneur. I am your host, Jonathan Grisbowski, and today I have another Jonathan with me. His name is Jonathan Ferrer. He's 27 years of age. He is the CEO of Brew Watches. Brew Watches is a leader in creating high-end, affordable, mechanical timepieces that remind you to savor your moment in time. By drawing inspiration from the industrial machines, they are designed and built with high-quality, attainable design in mind. In short, he creates badass looking watches that are just sexy as all hell. And the link's going to be in the bio, so make sure to check it out. But without further ado, Jonathan, how was your day, my friend? Excellent. I'm on uh, coffee number four. Excited to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me today. Anytime, anytime. Coffee number four. I mean, that's one thing that I got to get more into is the the coffee revolution. I'd say that like you know, I have a cop one coffee like maybe every two weeks or so. But you know, kudos to you for for being on no, brand. It's not a it's not a coffee revolution. It's a, it's a coffee expense, man. Yeah, it's an expensive. It's an exp- especially in Manhattan. You know, I can imagine. Yeah. Any and so so it actually this leads to a great a great way to begin the conversation. Um, so we always start the podcast off with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. What is that one piece of food that's going to make your day complete? Piece of food? Oh, that's got to be a grilled cheese with bacon and tomato. Nice. Girl, just right. It's got to be golden brown. Nice. That is a random – that like, caught me with the curveball there. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you going to have coffee with that or like what, what are some oh, coffee spots that you're going to go to? Yeah, you got to pair that with tomato soup, man. So you're, you're in New York. What, what are like – give me some, some spots you got to go to get some, some coffee. Uh, so it's not just the coffee. What's cool about New York is uh, meeting the different people here, mm. and especially uh, in the creative field, uh, I'm always meeting like different photographers, different writers, um, different just watch enthusiasts overall. So like right now, I'm at Ludlow Coffee. It's like 176 Ludlow Street in New York. It's like downtown. It's a little off the beaten track. It's nice and quiet here. And what I like to come here for is you know the coffee's good, the vibe's good, but. Uh, it's very photo-esque, so I'm able to come here. I'm able to take photos of my product, um, whether I'm setting up meetings here. It's just uh, it's just very good overall to meet with different people or just relax on your own time. Love it. So, tell, Jonathan, tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, who are you and what is your story? Yeah, so actually I, I studied industrial design at NJIT, and it wasn't until like, later in school that I started interning for Movado. And so that's like where I kind of got hooked into the industry. And then after that, that's when the, the hustle began. And I started working for like different watch companies, um, traveling the world. They were like sending me to China and, and to Switzerland. And I say sending it, meaning like everyone's got their different story of how they, they make things work. Uh, for me, you know, or especially a lot of people here uh, will we'll, we'll pay you with experience. And that's that's probably the worst thing you'll ever hear is you'll get experience, not actual compensation. Mm-hmm. But I think early on, I appreciated that. And I said, all right, you're not going to pay me with, uh, with direct cash. Fly me to this country. Introduce mm-hmm. me to this manufacturer. 
And then I started building up my my sources little by little. And I knew ahead of time I was I was kind of banking on that realm rather than just dollar signs. So you knew you were going to start this business before you. I think it's like this uh, natural mechanism where you're not sure what you are going to do with it in the future, but you know that there's value in it. It just makes sense to have it on your on your back. So I had no idea. Business made not even that word. It had no meaning to me. Very interesting. So you mentioned that you, uh, you we talked briefly about that you you created a watch company, but explain a little bit more about what Brew Watches actually is. Yeah. So um, I did create the, the watch company around more of an experience, and for me, it was something that I could relate to. So quite often you, you see these watch companies where it's like the next race car uh, watch, uh, the next astronaut watch. And it's really telling a story of, of more of an aspirational object. So it's I want to be like this. I look forward and I aspire to be an astronaut or a race car driver. Uh, for me, I thought there was a bit of a disconnect there. And I was, you know, I was designing for all these guys. And I said, you know, if I could create something that I can relate to and that other people can get, connect to, then I think that would be something really uh, – something strong in terms of sharing this story. So I knew mm-hmm. I could build timepieces just fine, but it was it was the support story that I wanted to be something that people could relate to. Interesting. And, and I think you uh, you do that very uh, eloquently on your on your website, which is really cool. And the pictures are, are phenomenal. Um, you, did you take those pictures as well or? Yeah, always always got the camera on my side. Nice. You know? That's awesome. Yeah. So you you have a product based business. I'll be honest. I don't. I haven't really talked to too many product based businesses or entrepreneurs. A lot of service based. So having a product based company, there has to be some uh, a ton of struggles that you've had as an entrepreneur. So, what are some of those struggles that you've had starting up? I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, fortunately enough, I worked for a few failing companies, so I got to learn through other people's expenses. Um, the number one thing is over, overproducing, creating so much of a product that you cannot sell, so you have all that overhead. Uh, I didn't overproduce. I didn't have a, a shop, so immediately that's like two thirds of typical overhead. Uh, so I was like, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this product. I'm gonna create an online shop. And I'm gonna create like such a limited production that one, it's cool for like you're getting something special that there's not many of, but it's also something that I can manage and hold on to and not be in extreme debt. So mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that most new businesses do is overproduce and, and just expect that they'll do extreme amounts of sales without actually projecting off of zero history. Mm, okay, it, that, and that is very difficult. So how many years of, of business are you in at, at this point? So right now I'm at just over two and a half years. So when you look at statistics of watch companies, uh, especially Kickstarters, uh, typical businesses uh, die out in the first two years or, or less. Um, and that's because they are setting up more recently, talking about statistics and, and economy and, and products, even more specific to watches. They set up their margins so small that they're giving a discount. So they do a lot of volume in the beginning. They spike, but it doesn't last because their margins are so small that they have nearly zero to reinvest into their next round or, or zero to invest into marketing or, or travel and manufacturing. So you have to properly create your product pricing and, and distribution channels way ahead of time um, 
in, in a safe method that you're not spiking and then left with nothing. Mm. You you mentioned Kickstarter. Tell me a little bit more about your the Kickstarter experience and 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 what how uh, and what you've done through that platform. Yeah, you know, Kickstarter's uh, it's the the most fantastic marketplace for one an individual because you know at the end of the day you only have your two feet and your fingers to reach the whole world, which is it's great, but you're also very limited. So Kickstarter gives like this monumental, gigantic reach that you otherwise wouldn't have. And for me, I was getting, once I launched this, and, and I did it in a very professional way, but I think people can also, you're very transparent. They know it's one guy. They know he's doing so much. So you kind of had this this cool factor, but they're more lenient and, and trusting. Whereas if it was a commercial company, you wouldn't have that same respect or, or bonding with the CEO, uh, mm. for example. So you're saying that, like, um, are, do you mean in particular that the fact that you went through Kickstarter, you uh, started the business, and people were actually able to see the amount of money that you were able to raise because of that? Is that is that what you're hinting at? Yeah, like, for instance, they were able to see, okay, John raised X amount of dollars. Well, it actually cost John, I, would, I wouldn't say to the penny, but I basically gave an overview of this is where the money's going. This is what you're going to receive. Um, and, and doing it in such a transparent, fair manner that people are just like, wow, this is, I appreciate this. I respect this. And because of this, I liked the product before, but now I know I'm getting it for the, the fairest uh, price. I, yeah. I don't feel like I'm getting cheated out in the department commercial realm, which is, you know, sometimes you don't even realize it when you're shopping at department stores. But I think that's the perk of Kickstarter is that you're able to lay out all the cards and say, this is how the product gets made. This is where it gets made, and this is how much it costs. And I think people appreciate that. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, if, if hypothetical uh, speaking, um, you are going through. Uh, I have a product, and I want to get it out there. What are some things that you've used uh, that have made you successful within your Kickstarter uh, campaign? Um, so I said my two feet, my my two hands. Um, no matter what, especially in New York City, that, that's a huge uh, benefit here is that you're able to reach so many people. Uh, there's nothing like meeting the actual creator, speaking with me and, and, and having a hands-on with the product. Uh, that's, that's the downfall of having online businesses is that sometimes you're not able to handle the product. And then it's very difficult to make just, let's say, uh, a purchase off of, of an image. Uh, but the other, I mean, the upside of, of online is that you're able to reach so many so using social media such as uh, Instagram and for watch forums and, and product forums um, you're able to directly connect with anybody and, and there's like zero excuse you know you want to meet with the, the rock stars of New York City well you know it's it's very easy to target these people reach out to them and very honestly say you know this is my new product this is my name and this is what I'm doing you know I, I'd love to either meet with you or let, let's just start the conversation Mm. Uh, that exponentially just over and over again builds up such a, a vast network. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. So you 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 the Kickstarter is complete. You're you're ready to go. Uh, was there a ton of um, 
I guess was there a, a, a spike in 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 sales, and you know how were you able to to maintain that? Were there individuals that uh, were you getting like a certain amount of press that to get this featured? Uh, I'm just kind of curious about the whole process behind it. Yeah, every, everybody has uh, a different way about going about press. Everybody has a different way about going to marketing. Uh, for me, what I chose to do was I was in New York City, so I was surrounded by press. Yeah. And I could literally go to their office. And Interesting. But I didn't have any expertise. I had no business background. I was, I was a, I was a guy that could sketch on a computer and on napkins and notebooks. But when it came to business, I had no business terminology, no background. But I think that's what helped me out because I didn't go about this in a commercial way. I went about this in the most personal, mm. uh, genuine way possible. And I think people can read that. Mm-hmm. Literally cool. writing letters to these guys. I was hand wax stamped, and I was like, you know what? It takes me five minutes to write like a really thorough personal message, but if it reaches the guy and he doesn't throw it out, which ninety percent of the time never makes it to him, he will be your your greatest asset. He will be your greatest friend in a way. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's that's really cool, and, and I think a lot of people are so transactional in the sense, but actually giving a crap about the individual person, um, even if it's spending an additional one minute. Um, can go a long way, as you mentioned. I'm curious, um, as you're growing, as you're continuing to grow, um, have any celebrities or have any famous individuals actually reached out to you to to either uh, use the product or um, or you know purchased it and are actively promoting it? Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, celebrities have a different name. So like, uh, I guess celebrities to like average or everyday folks is you know, Ben Stiller, you know, Ben Affleck, like, you know, Selena Gomez, those are celebrities. But to me, uh, celebrities that, that I feel that can endorse my product are, are people that have a lot of traffic that are in my industry that are running a, a parallel story to what I'm doing because that endorsement makes sense for my marketing and branding versus Cameron Diaz on, on the next set, which to be honest, that does have a huge influx. Like, uh, it would boost your, your traffic and sales like incredibly. But I thought if I wanted to do this long-term, why not reach out to celebrities that have, in my book, a, a big following that I could share their stories, I could share their images on my website, on my feed, and it just makes sense. So celebrities for me have been uh, Instagram, uh, influencers, um, uh, journalists, and, and watchmakers, and uh, like famous baristas. And these are like, it's so uncommon to go to like a coffee festival and say, "Hey, you're the you're the greatest barista from Italy. Let's get together. Let's do work together." And let and people are just like, "I wouldn't have thought about that." And then it it's, it's it makes so much sense. Way. Yeah, that's really cool. And and so um, I guess. The next question that is you get this influencer, you work your butt off in order to to collaborate and work with them. Have you seen a tremendous benefit from working with these individuals? Yeah, and I, I think at the end of the day, it's always very important to remember that nothing for nothing. If someone's helping you out and collaborating with you, that you need to think very hard and create a strategy that also benefits them. So although everybody may look like they're on their, their high horse and they're doing just fine, you need to make sure that they're benefiting at the end of the day. Mm. I'm just curious. Do you mind if you expand on that? Like, what are? Yeah, is absolutely. there anything that you can say that like how are, how are you able to help them out? So it's as simple as we did work together. You put in a good word for maybe 
we did a collaboration. Um, we do a watch, and you go to the west. Say I go to the west coast. Mm-hmm. Say I go to visit either a menswear store. Well, if I just put in a good word for them, maybe I connect them. And if I just created a link right there, and they're doing business together, it's indirectly creating revenue for them, just by creating relationships. I think people no no. I, Never underestimate the, the power of linking two people that can benefit financially together. And mm. that, that's been something that I enjoy doing. Very cool. See, seeing those, those pieces of the puzzle that can mesh well, connect them. You know? Interesting. That's awesome. We're going to change up the conversation a little bit more. Uh, instead of um, talking about business, we're going to talk a little bit more about personal. Um, so I was asked this question, and, and quite frankly, I, I couldn't answer it very well. So I'm hopefully that you could do a little bit better than I can. But um, simple question, what do you do for fun? Uh, work is fun. Meeting people's fun. It's like, I told you, these people are like celebrities to me. So everyone's got an interesting story. You know, everybody, uh, they jump on a plane to go to like the other end of the world. Why? Because they want to, they want to see something different. They want to hear a different story, maybe in a different language and just be dropped in a different world. Um, every time I go to meet with somebody like really creative and interesting, that's my vacation for the afternoon. That's Mm. my being dropped in a different world. Uh, it sounds cliche and it sounds kind of like, wow, well, that's, that's what you look forward to. Like, honestly, I will jump out of bed if I know I'm meeting with somebody that excites <laughs> me that I that I love in a way. Yeah, that's cool. No, that's a, that's a that's a great answer. And um, you know, I, I I just out of curiosity, are you technically like you have manufacturers, you have a team? Is it like kind of like still a one person band? Um, do yeah, you have like a team ahead of you. Uh, no, it's a one person band right now. So not to undermine all the the, the, the press and, and people sharing photos and, and just like sharing good word. So those people are like indirectly on my team, but when it comes time to actual uh, doing the business, uh, so I'll I'll be assembling the watches. I will ship the watches. I'll I'll do the marketing and website and emails. It's just uh, from A to Z. That that's me. That's but awesome. I'll never undermine the the help and support I have. That's indirect, even unconscious. That sometimes people are are really helping me out totally so so to that point um you know being the 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 solopreneur so to speak um what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day um well i I think not just throughout the day but overall is um not being stubborn so listening to people's advice or suggestions so quite often i'll say what have you been enjoying lately either through my feed or on the product itself and what would you change? What would you have different? Uh, how was your, your purchasing and buying experience or unboxing experience? Um, if certain things click well, then I'll, I'll continue doing that more. But if there's anything that's off-putting, I'll try to adapt as best as I can, thinking, okay, this is one guy, but I want to make this experience as, as grand as possible. So actually what I've done, even though I'm working on this full-time, I'll, I'll do freelance work or contract work once in a while for very high-end Swiss companies. And what I like to do is absorb the experiences that they build into, I'm saying like $50,000 watches. And they bring these people in, they wind them, they dine them, they they make sure they're taken care of on all ends. Well, I said, no, why can't I do that for mm-hmm. as best as I can for an extremely affordable watch? Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's via email or social media, or if we're in town together, meet with that one guy, 
he'll appreciate your time. He'll talk about you, and that's just exponential, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, your your watches are are. Would you say like I guess define your watch? Is it more? Is it high end? Is it considered high end? Yeah, I think it's. I, I would love to just say everybody that's going shopping at Nordstrom, <sighs> like stop for a moment and let me let me tell you why my watches are are grand and this is why you should actually come and and purchase my watch. Um, so from the inside out. The, the mechanical movements. Most watches these days are are run by battery, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, ac- it's actually more accurate, but having something that's automatic that will essentially outlive us all um, with the proper tuning, uh, this thing is solid. It, I, I essentially overbuilt this watch and then underpriced it. Um, hmm. So I wanted. I think the most important thing was to have brand recognition long term. So I said if I can overbuild a product that people will appreciate now, this will be the momentum I need to continue later. So I basically created like a premium watch inside and out, all, all from how it's manufactured, where it's manufactured, to the, the actual cost and delivery. So people will remember me. You only have like one shot when you come out to do it right. Otherwise, they'll remember you as, I tried it out, had a lousy experience. That, that will go viral. People remember the negative things more than the positive. Without a doubt, no. I think I think that's a great uh, a great way to look at it, and and um, just really cool to to see the brand, and and hopefully everybody that's listening today, they'll also be able to to you know ho- at least experience the brand, hopefully buy as well. Um, you know, I guess I guess when it comes to watch, you know, what does a watch mean to you? And you know what? Re- actually, you know, what? let me stop right there. I always wear a watch. Are you wearing one the today? The one day I forgot <laughs> a damn watch. Oh, I'm come on, John. talking to the watch guy. I, w- I was I literally I, I, I walked out. You one. <laughs> oh my god! I literally like walked out the house. I'm like, oh my god! You got to be kidding me! So so go ahead, answer that question if you can. You know what does a watch mean to you? For me, and and I'm sure this for a lot of other people too. It's literally capturing a moment in your life that you want to remember, whether that's a promotion or, or a new job or just graduating. It's capturing that one moment that you want to remember forever. Positive moments. You know, we have these sense that we remember from when we were kids. We're like, ah, uh, that's, that's the cologne like uh, dad used to wear when he went to work. And like, that's what you remember as like masculine professionalism. Like this is like a visual, physical memory that you'll have as this is when I got the promotion at work and when I bought my house or or when I got married you want something because we're natural beings we want something tactile that you can remember so it's not so much at least for me it's not so much about the time I look at my watch maybe 10 times and nine out of ten I don't know what time it is you know it's <laughs> it's about and the coolest part is like I'm able to see like wow the journey just to make this thing that's on my wrist right now literally traveled around the world like 20 times over just to have this thing Mm. you know this object so whether or not for time i don't think so a memory yeah that's cool Uh, a tactile memory on your wrist love the story um i have two major questions for you and then uh you can go back to the beautiful sounds of new york um (laughs) number one is you're able to hear me okay oh no it sounds great yeah i mean honestly I, i feel like this this podcast is so um 
it, it's a really good story, more so than anything else, because we have a guy who's who's hustling. He's in New York. He's working his butt off. He's creating timeless pieces of of artistry while sipping coffee, and and you're able to hear the sounds of New York in the background. I, I think that's. That is a cool-ass story, so I, I appreciate you allowing me to experience this alongside with you. I appreciate you like being here joining me right now. Yeah, so in terms of resources, it's a question I've always asked. You know, what yes. are some resources that you use every single day that you just can't live without? Ah, uh, See, I think we all have shared resources, and for me, that's uh, social media. And I say shared resources because your network I can easily tap into, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram. And it's not to exploit it so much as it is to share it. So harping back on um, linking people together, that that makes sense. If I see people on your network that are maybe in the the product design industry and I wanted to meet with them, I could simply reach out to you. We could set that up. And and again, that's exponentially going to help my business. So social media for me is like one of those greatest tools that I am on all the time. My phone's always screaming at me. You're out of data. You're out of data. But I say, you know what? That, Screw you. That, that Screw you, app. AT&T. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. That's uh, my app. No? I like that. That's, that's great. And um, the, the last major question in, is uh, the, the most important, in my opinion. So the Blind Entrepreneur podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. Uh, they're just stuck in that, that rut. They can't see the obvious. So... Uh, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Um, always have a to-do list every single day. Otherwise, mm. you'll be stuck in a rut. Always get out of the office or wherever your typical workspace is. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I set up meetings to pull me out. If I was uh, always behind a computer all day, I would have a, a huge disconnect with my, my customer, customers and clients and, uh, and my network. So definitely need to get out you need to meet people and most importantly you have to you have to stay genuine you, you as a person you as the owner are just as important or, or even more so than your product so if if i was uh, a lousy business owner if i was a lousy person overall um my company would resonate uh, negative um you know negative vibes whereas i i need to i need to flourish in the most positive way so you need to you need to be positive, genuine, and authentic, transparent person as much as possible. Beautiful. So, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time, man. You've successfully completed the podcast. Go ahead and look at that that wide angle fish eyed lens, and, uh, <laughs> and and tell us how people can follow you, how they can be a part of your mission, and follow the journey. Absolutely. I would number one say go visit my Instagram. So it's at Brew Watches. It's as simple as that. Uh, you can follow my story on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute, action-to-action play. Uh, and definitely visit my website if you want to see the product in detail, um, all the different specs. And, and you know, if you actually want to pick one up, definitely visit my website. And, and most importantly, if you want to reach out to me, every every email, every social media, give, give me a, hey, what's going on, John? And I would love to talk to you guys. Cool, man. Awesome. So without further ado, thank you for always liking commenting and subscribing. Jonathan, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Jonathan.
Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.